Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast. Here on CBS Sports, that's Bud Elliott, that's Tom Fernelli, that's Danny Cannell, I'm Chip Patterson, coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook network. We are here live in Nashville at the 24-7 Sports offices, and you are listening to us all across the place. Early Edge listeners, thank you for checking us out. You can also hear Tom and I on Wednesdays as we'll get in on the college football show. And of course, all the loyal Cover 3 listeners, thank you so much uh, for tuning in. The season is almost here, and now it is time to get you set with our Win Totals Locks episode. Uh, We love our listeners because they have actually let us know that they've been keeping tabs on us. And guys, we had just winners, right? Like we go back and we look at last year. We had Danny out here going seven and three, just at 70%. Are you kidding me? Uh, 67%. Tom and I right around 50%. And and Bud, if you had just laid off on the sicko plays last yeah, year, yeah. like if you put, you know, some of the, the really, really deep cuts on, on the shelf, you could have been 12 and three. But we're here uh, and we're getting going. Tom, Danny, what is our card looking like so we can know for pacing purposes? About about how many locks are we talking? I have 10. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. eight. So and but there's room to add. Like I because I there will <laughs> definitely be some spur of the moment plays as well. But I, I have eleven. Okay. Uh, now I have a little bit of room to add if if need be. So you know, I, I can do a little bit of stuff here with this. I, if I need to jump in and have a unity or maybe an infinity, we, we, we could do something here, Chip. But I, I have 11 that I know are just highlighted in green. There we go. Okay. All right. We, we don't want to waste any more time. We want to get into this. And so because this is a win totals episode, we will get things started with the general manager of Vanderbilt football. As much as I think it's the, the under is a safe play, like I can't even – I can't fathom who wins. How many kids are gonna win this fall? I just can't. I don't see it. It's not, it's not on there. It's not, not the schedule I'm looking at. Unless there's another schedule somewhere. So by win percentage, Danny Cannell, you have the honors on the T box. The entire Caesar Sportsbook is there for the taking. 
Where are we going with our win totals locks to get it going for 2022? All right. I got honors on the tee box. I'm going to fire it up with a program that way over exceeded expectations last year. So much so coach was on the hot seat. He had to take a pay cut, makes a run all the way to the college football playoff. The Michigan Wolverines. Michigan Wolverines win total is at nine and a half. I'm going over, boys. Everyone's talking about the Buckeyes. Everyone's talking about the Buckeyes. And I am too. I believe in the Buckeyes. But I don't think Michigan's going anywhere anytime soon. And I know they lost a ton of talent on the defensive side of the ball. I know they've got coordinators they're breaking in. But I'm a believer in Jim Harbaugh. I'm a believer that the quarterback play, which was, I would say, average last season, will improve dramatically. And whether that means you see more J.J. McCarthy or you see more Cade McNamara, I'm not sure. But you're going to see a better version of one or both. And maybe you see a switch at quarterback to McCarthy that I think will open up this offense even more. The schedule for me as well, the non-con, pretty, I mean, Colorado State, Hawaii, UConn, their home games are the ones I think where you'd want to have them. Uh, Penn State at home, Michigan State at home. Road game against Iowa is a little bit tricky, but I still like the Wolverines in that one. I this team is 10 and 2 all day long at worst case, and 11 and 1, I think, is a possibility. Give me the over lock agreement. Bam! I'm with you, Danny. I think that Michigan's being discounted a little too easily based on the players that they lost off of last year's team between Hutchinson and Jabo, Daxton Hill, and a bunch of other guys. But I think offensively, the crux of the team is still the same. And last year's offensive line wasn't filled with like superstar household names, but it was very good. I still think that's going to be the case this year. I think Olawatimi is a better player than they had. So I think the offensive line might be a slightly better this year. I think they have two solid quarterback options. I've been on the record a lot saying I think J.J. McCarthy is the better one, but Cade McNamara is perfectly fine, and I think they've got some good receivers. I think they're going to have a good stable of running backs, and you mentioned that schedule. Like, Even if Michigan isn't as good as it was last year against this schedule, it's hard to find too many losses. Like you mentioned the non-con, Colorado State, Hawaii, UConn. They're not losing any of those games, not at home, unless something terrible happens. On the road, they've got Iowa, Indiana, Rutgers, and Ohio State. Ohio State, yeah, they're probably going to lose that game, I would think, on the road. But every other game on the schedule, I look at it, I think Michigan is probably going to be favored, save for maybe the trip to Kinnick Stadium in early October. But I think, like you said, Danny, this is a 10-2 and team at worst. I think there's a very real shot that when they go to Ohio State to play the Buckeyes at the end of the year, both teams are 11-0. and So I'm going over with the Wolverines. Lock unity. Bang! Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. So, I forgot how long that was. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a .6 win edge here, uh, so I, I agree with Danny and Tom. They already made a lot of good points. They get receiver Bell back, who was injured in that first game last year, right? So that is a bit of a concern uh, that you had last year that is now alleviated. I think the two-quarterback thing also helps to be a little bit of a floor here because if one gets hurt, you do have the other. And my concern for this defense is really the pass defense, right? The secondary, a little bit of a concern for me. They, they have some new faces there. Pass rush is a little bit of a concern. But let's go back to the, the teams that Tom read off. Who scares you throwing the football? 
Ohio State definitely scares you, but I can win this bet, losing to Ohio State and getting torched. Maybe Michigan State, perhaps Penn State, if you're a Sean Clifford believer, which I kind of am. Nobody from the West, literally no team from the West has a passing offense that scares me at all. Uh, Rutgers, certainly no. Indiana, no. Uh, and Jim Harbaugh has some recent comments about how people are doubting this defensive line because, look, they did lose two really mega studs to the NFL, but he thinks they got some beef there. They can stop the run. I think they're well-suited to play in the Big Ten. A more explosive offense, I, I see the edge here. Mm, 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 mm. U-N-I-T-Y, already on the board, and we are not going to infinity because I'm not going to make a play <laughs> on him right now. No, listen, I do a lot of things just for the show but I am not going to break the integrity of this process and just throw one on the card just because I want to hear those awesome drums. But keep us going here. I, I, I'm laying off Michigan. I will say that the asking to go 10-2 and two with this schedule is a, so easy. The Penn State game being in Ann Arbor is fantastic. But they did exceed expectations, and this is for locks. So I'm going to stay off. Best of luck. I, I have no lock fight. I'm not going under. Uh, but I'll stay off of this. Take us somewhere else. I'm going to take it Austin, Texas. Oh, and we're going to go We're going to go under eight and a half wins here in Austin. Now, look, I'm a guy that has a Quinn Ewers Heisman ticket. I think Texas could win the Big 12, potentially. But they could also go seven and five or even six and six. There are some really concerning things here for me. Number one, they just lost Isaiah Naor, who was going to be a big-time part of that passing offense. He was a stud transfer that they beat out Tennessee for from Wyoming. They also lost their starting left guard. Now, look, Texas signed an amazing offensive line recruiting class, but now they might have to play three of those true freshmen in heavy rotation. I also don't like what I'm hearing out of Texas camp as far as, look, Ajay Hall just got arrested. I told you guys he was a knucklehead. Now, that doesn't mean he's a bad person, but, like, can he get it consistently together? You know, six schools in six years. They're also counting on Billingsley. Have we heard anything about Billingsley going to ball out? I guess he's going to get the ball a lot. But Saban and those guys seem kind of happy that, that those dudes were no longer around in Tuscaloosa. I'm not betting on the idea that they're going to get it turned around instantly. I think there's a lot of other good teams in the Big 12 that can make this thing work. So, you know, Chip, I'm going to go under on the Longhorns at eight and a half. Anybody else got Texas? No. I, I, my problem with Texas is I think that I, I, I'm with you. I lean more towards the under. I'm just not ready to lock it up compared to some other plays because I do think that there is – like if they improve on defense, I think that they still have a lot of talent at the receivers at the receiver spot. And whether it's Ewers or Card, if one of them steps forward, I just think offensively they could be very, very good, which might get them to nine wins on its own. Give me it. Lock it up. Let's go. <laughs> I actually I wanted to position this with another play that I have later, but Bud opened the door, so I'll go ahead and jump on it now. Man, there's too much hype. There's just too much <laughs> hype. I, I, and I, I got to see it. Like, you got to prove to me. This team lost to Kansas last year. Yeah. Kansas. <laughs> are they going to be Are they gonna be a team that's ready to go out and compete and win the Big 12? Or are they going to be like a meme factory with all the drama that goes on off the field? Are we going to see pole assassins start trending again? Are we going to have players videoing coaches yeah. on the I bus know. again? I, you mentioned the guys from Alabama. I mean, Ag Hall has already stepped in it, and he's already like, uh-oh, what happened here? We've got major injury concern. I think this is about as easy a play as I've had. I think this is under all day, so I'm with you. 
I mean, is it possible that Jai Hall sounds a lot like Aggie and he is a sleeper cell agent set to destroy the Texas Longhorns locker room? Just throwing that out there. He's, he's, he's a spring game superstar. What is it, 200 <laughs> yards and three touchdowns in one Alabama spring game, and all of a sudden everybody was sold on him forever? Still has never been able to recapture that glory. Thomas, Texas, the Manchester United of college football? Oh, that's a good comp. Yeah, I, I not not quite as much. Uh I guess Discord right now. I think they're a little bit better feelings, but they could easily become the Manchester United thing, if, especially if they start slowly. Like if they get pasted by Alabama in the second game of the season, things could kind of spiral out of control there. Oh, I mean, let this even be close at halftime against ULM. Let oh. Fallon leave them in there and just all of a sudden, like, just get everybody really uncomfortable in Austin. Uh, much love to all of our Longhorns listeners. We might have a lot of fun. Uh, if, if there is that much drama, it's great for content. And so, uh, you know, this is, this is terrible for Longhorns football, but it's tremendous for this podcast. Okay, let's keep it in the Big 12. Uh, I need to throw one on the board. Tom's on the Michigan over 9.5. Danny's got Michigan over 9.5. Bud's got Michigan over 9.5. Danny and Bud also on the Texas under. I also will be going to an under in the Big 12, and I'm going to Oklahoma State because I think that this is going to be a year where the Big 12 is going to be very muddled, and everyone's going to continue to pull each other down into the middle. I fundamentally believe that this is a Cowboys team that kind of peaked a little bit last year. Uh, obviously, defensively was a huge part of that, and they lose key pieces of that, some of them to the draft, some of them to Ohio State. They lose Jim Knowles also to Ohio State. And so we've talked about this a lot with Oklahoma State, that we're going to all of a sudden put a lot of responsibility at the plate of S Spencer Sanders, who has had turnover issues throughout his entire time. Big 12 Offensive Rookie of the Year, sure, but he throughout all of his years of starting for the Cowboys – has always had the tendency to turn it over. And so I think that when we are putting more on Spencer Sanders' plate, then we are going to get more turnovers and we are going to see Oklahoma State lose some of these games. Uh, I do think that eight and a half might be a sweat because when I look for surefire losses, I've only got two of them, at Oklahoma, at Baylor. So here are my maybes. At TCU, at Kansas State, Texas and Iowa State at home. Again, at TCU, at Kansas State, Texas, Iowa State at home. Is Oklahoma State going three and one in that run? Because I don't think they are. I think that you lose two of those games, and this Oklahoma State team is eight and four at best. You know, last year they had a five-point win over Tulsa, one-point win at Boise, seven games in the regular season where they didn't even score 30 points. You're going to be asking a lot more from the offense with all the defensive aggression that I'm expecting, and I think that that is going to give an opportunity for a TCU, a Kansas State, an Iowa State, and maybe even that Texas team uh, to be able to go up and get them. So after a great season, uh, an amazing bowl comeback win, uh, I'm going under eight and a half for Oklahoma State. Lock agreement. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you just covered it all. This is a team that, you know, Jim Knowles is gone. He's at Ohio State. And it's weird to give so much credit to a defensive coordinator. But the fact of the matter is, when you look at Oklahoma State's history under Mike Gundy, very offensive first. Jim Knowles shows up. Now the defense is the leader of the team and is the driving factor behind their success. And now that he's leaving, there's no history to suggest that they're going to be able to maintain that without Knowles, who turned a defense that, I don't want to say full of nobodies, but a defense full of guys who weren't exactly highly touted recruits into one of the most disruptive defenses in the country. They were, you know, they got after the quarterback. They confused quarterbacks before the snap. And once that's gone, if the Cowboys defense just drops off a little bit and it's no longer at the kind of elite level it had been playing at the last few years, 
there's nothing on that offense that I've seen in recent seasons to think that they're going to be able to make up for it. So I don't think the Cowboys are going to fall off of the, you know the face of the earth here as far as their performance. I still think they're going to be an eight and four team, but eight and four is below eight and a half. So lock it up. I am so happy, Bud. Do you have a play? No, I look. I I agree with under as far as if I had to pick a side, I just don't see a big enough edge for me to actually play the under. I am not a Spencer Sanders fan, believer at all. The one thing I would say here is there's a pretty good shot Oklahoma State goes 3-0 and in the non-conference, right? And then you're basically saying, like, hey, can, can they not win six games in the Big 12? I, I think they probably could. I agree under the better side to take here, though, because I'm not – why are we thinking Spencer Sanders is going to break out? I, I don't see it. I, uh, I'm so happy because we're 16 minutes in the show and it's been way too congenial. We need to fight. We need to fight. Fight. Let's fight. Go. Fight. 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 You guys are discounting one of the longest tenured coaches in college football who has elevated this program to a place where they were rattling off double digit wins. And there was a little speed bump. Then there was a little controversy with a certain T-shirt. There were player meetings. Guess who survived it all through everything? The ups and the downs. The mullet survived it all. And you guys, I, I want to remind you guys, because Jim Knowles going to Ohio State, huge coup for them. But it's not like he hired some high school defensive coordinator to come in and run things. He's got Derek Mason from the almighty SEC, where that's the only conference apparently that plays defense. I like Oklahoma State. Spencer Sanders, I think, is one. And if I remember correctly, I think one Tom Fornelli might have written an, or written an article that suggested if you're looking for Kenny Pickett breakout players, that Spencer mm. Sanders was a candidate. I'm going to say in his fourth year starting for the Cowboys, he's going to play much better. He's already making better decisions touchdown interceptions i think you'll see better completion percentage i think you'll be better execution of the offense i think the defense will be still just as good uh and you guys talked about the non-con is a joke i think they walk walk waltz through that and texas at home you know i'm feeling on them on the under i think that's one of texas losses i had give me oklahoma state over that win total you know i did write that article but i also made sure to mention in that article that kenny pickett is very much an outlier and you don't see very many Kenny Pickett's. I said, but if there's going to be another one, this is a guy who's been mediocre for long enough to qualify for the position. But I'm also happy you brought up Derek Mason because I feel like I'm a big driving force behind all the Knowles discussion that does kind of ignore the fact that, oh yeah, it's not like his replacement's terrible. Derek Mason is a very good defensive coordinator. It's just, will Mason be able to have the same kind of success with the caliber of player that Oklahoma State has on the defensive side of the ball? Not to say he can't because he had some very good defenses at Stanford where they weren't really full of five and four star talent guys either, but there could be an adjustment because they don't run the same defense. And did Mike Gundy poach Derek Mason or was he there with his arms wide open when Derek Mason needed a hug, when he needed somewhere else to go right there for him? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Bud, where do you want to go? All right, let's stay in the Big 12. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go to Fort Worth. I'm going to take TCU over six and a half wins. So a couple things I like here. First, I don't think this team played hard for Gary Patterson last year. And I like Gary Patterson, uh, a a nice guy. I've met him a couple times. Mm. I think they kind of quit on him. Not everybody, but some of those players. So I think you're going to see an effort bump here to start with TCU. I think you have two talented quarterbacks, so I feel really good about the winner of that quarterback battle playing well. I think it'll be Chandler Morris at this point. You have an explosive receiving core, and you went to Tulsa, and you plucked defensive coordinator Joe Gillespie out of Tulsa. Ask anybody in the American. Mm-hmm. It's really not fun to play Tulsa on a week-to-week basis, and it's not like they had a ton of NFL guys in that defense. They had two over the last three years. He really made things difficult. I think TCU, and I've already bet this, is a dark horse candidate to win the Big 12 if those top teams underachieve a little bit, which I obviously think Texas probably will, given that I already bet they're under. But I think TCU could be closer to that upper tier than people think. And I think that eight wins is just as likely as six. So go ahead and give me that over six and a half. What scares me about TCU this year is like, I I agree with you on a lot of that. For me, though, the schedule provides some challenges in that a lot of what you would typically consider their winnable or their coin flip games are on the road. Like, you know, two of their three non-con games at Colorado, at SMU, Kansas on the road. Okay, but West Virginia on the road is going to be a little more difficult. Texas on the road, Baylor on the road. It's like they're going to have to be really good at home against teams like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Texas Tech and Iowa State to really, I think, get over there. But I, I don't think it's a bad play, but I'm just not going to lock it up. Okay. Um, is it time to start? No. Here we go. Big Ten. Happy Valley. Penn State is unranked in the preseason poll for the first time since 2016. Does anyone remember what happened in 2016? I think they won. 11 wins? Yeah. A Big Ten championship? Beating Ohio State? Mm. Screwed out of the playoff? (laughs) Hey, listen. I don't care whether they make the playoff or not. I just need them (laughs) over eight and a half, and that's why I'm locking this up. I think the running game is going to be back. I need the offensive line to stay healthy, and I'm going to admit that that's something that is a little bit of a concern. But we've looked at Sean Clifford, and we've looked at the potential step forward that he could have. We know that Parker Washington is a difference maker in the passing game. And I do think that when we look at Penn State, they were so much better than what that 7-6 record suggests. You take a look at the at Purdue and at Auburn in September, that's just there to scare you off the scent. That's just try to get you not to play Penn State because Penn State wins those two games. And then after that, the only thing that is intimidating is Michigan on the road and then Ohio State obviously at home. I, I think this is a team that could be 9-3. and three. I think this is a team that could be 10-2. and two. They could beat Ohio State even in that game that's going to be in Happy Valley. So Penn State is going to be massively overlooked here. And I think that eight and a half, we've got a great chance uh, for the Nittany Lions to be able to exceed that and maybe even flirt with double-digit wins. 
you know, I I think Penn State is going to be the third best team in the division, but I can't I can't join you here. But I do think it's interesting because you'll notice the three of us are all in agreement on Michigan being over nine and a half, and you're on at Penn State where you didn't join us on Michigan. And I think those two things are very directly related because if you're too high on Ohio State and Michigan, you have to look at Penn State and say, well, there are two losses. And then you look at the rest of the schedule, Auburn on the road, that's going to be tough. You get Michigan State at home to finish the year, that's still going to be tough. You get, you, you know, so I think that this is a team that could go nine and three. I do think it'll be the third best team in the East. I think it's going to be a much better team than what we saw the last couple of years. But I just, I don't see enough of an edge to make me comfortable taking the over eight and a half. I'm right there with Tom. I, I, I don't disagree with that. I don't really want to play under on these guys. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's more of a, when you're betting win totals for the season, you have to feel pretty confident because you're putting your money aside for the next four months. You're not going to get paid out on these until about Christmas, right? So you might as well be really confident. I'd, they're all very related, too. So if you're over on Michigan, it's hard to be totally over on Penn State, but I think that's the right side. Who do you think uh, ends up winning that running back battle? They just go by committee, and it's going to be better play. I think eventually it's the freshman. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Uh, all right, so... Here's what we got on the board so far. Tom is on Michigan over, Oklahoma State under. Chip's got Penn State over, Oklahoma State under. Danny's got Michigan over, Texas under, Oklahoma State over. Bud's got Michigan over, Texas under, and TCU over. Tom, let's throw it back to you. Where do you want to go? All right, well, I'll stick in the Big Ten since we're already in that part of the country. I'm going to go to the Big Ten West, though, and I am going to take a look at the Purdue Boilermakers, a team that was one of the bigger surprises last year. Uh, Aiden O'Connell emerged as a very solid option. The offense was, you know, outside of Ohio State. You could argue it was the second-best offense in the Big Ten. The defense played very well. It took a big step forward, but it's uh, lost a lot. Aiden O'Connell is back. David Bell is gone. George Karloftis, the best player on that defense, is gone. And while I like Jeff Brom, I look at Purdue as a program where, okay, when Ohio State loses its two best players, it'll recover. When Purdue loses its two best players, I I don't know if I trust it enough to recover and keep maintaining that kind of momentum. So I look at that. I look at the schedule that, you know, the non-con, Indiana State at home, FAU at home, whatever they're going to win that game but a road trip to syracuse kind of tricky trickier than i think most people realize penn state to open the season in division you have to go on the road to play minnesota wisconsin illinois you've got indiana your annual rivalry game at the end of the season on the road i just look at this purdue team and a win total that is currently at seven and i see a six and sixteen i don't see it they might go seven and five but they're Definitely not going eight and four. So I feel like at worst, I'm getting a push here. So give me the Boilermakers under seven. Nothing. I hate it. I want to fight him so bad, but I'm not going to do it. I, <laughs> I don't want to fight him. I just, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I can't go under on that chip, but I, I think it's the right side. Losing Milton Wright in the preseason was a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. He's academically ineligible. They've had a decent number of inju- injuries throughout camp. I just, I don't like the vibes. That's not really very uh, mathematical here. They're talking vibes, but I. You're speaking my language. But like Chip, <laughs> these are the vibes out of camp. I'm not really in love with, but I, I'm. I can't pull the trigger. If there was a seven and a half out there, I think that's bettable. Okay. All right. Um, why not? North Carolina. <laughs> talking about vibes. Which way are we going? About, let me tell you about. 
the kind of information and the kind of vibes you can pick up at a three-year-old's birthday party, okay? <laughs> There's an aerial there, okay? Red hair, the flowing gown. And as Ariel is leading all the children, uh, my, my son was pushing a lawnmower in circles around Ariel, but you know, well, while all the other children are doing ballroom dancing, I'm hearing in my ear, eight and four, eight and four, eight and four. I know we got injury issues, injuries at wide receiver, injury at running back, but George Pedway's legit. I'm, I'm telling you, Chip, I'm telling you, Chip, eight and four. And so I decided that I'm gonna come back, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna flush the three-year-old's birthday party out of my mind and say, okay, Let's break this schedule down because I look at it and we need to get to eight. So count the wins. Georgia Tech, win. Duke, win. Virginia Tech, win. Florida A&M, one of App State, Georgia State, win. So we've already got five. That takes us to a got to get three more level one. Hit at home, the other of App State, Georgia State, Virginia on the road, on the road. We got to get three of those. Then when we looked at Notre Dame, Oh, what do we say? Okay, and then you look at the end of September at North Carolina. That's going to be a little bit tricky. We looked at Miami's schedule. Okay, North Carolina. That might be a little tricky. And obviously the rivalry game against NC State. North Carolina is not going to win all three of those games. I don't even think they're going to win two of those games. But I do think that the offense, whether it's Jacoby Criswell or Drake May, and probably is going to be both of them, at least until that Notre Dame game at the end of September. I, I think the defense, we are finally Finally going to see Desmond Evans start to live up to some of that, you know, blue chip potential. I think that Gene Chizik is going to have a positive impact on trying to turn those good top 15 recruiting classes and getting some results there. So again, I've got five wins. And when I just need to get three, I'm looking at Pitt, App State or Georgia State, Virginia, Wake, and then maybe one upset special. Can you get in three and two in that stretch? I think this is an eight and four North Carolina team. Give me the over seven and a half. homer <laughs> I'm, I'm really close to fighting you here do it let's fight yes fight 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 i think north carolina loses that app i i, I think app should, I, I think app should be a favorite in that game Ooh. uh it's already down to two and a half i'm concerned about their receiving core right with, with the loss of antoine green mm -hmm. I, I love josh downs obviously We'll see about the quarterback competition. I generally trust Phil Longo's teams to score points. I very well could be wrong on this, uh, obviously. Like, I think this team could be more physically mature than they were last year, and that was a concern of ours we had in the preseason, right? Will this team grow up? I, I bet the under on this team last year in the locks, but we, we, we tweeted out. I think we had a couple, a couple agreements there. Defensively, I have concerns about how they are coached in the secondary. I think that caused a lot of strife internally in that staff last year where I'm not sure everybody on the staff thought the DBs were being coached the right way. I think it led to some of the, the turnover. We'll see how Gene Chizik does there, but Georgia State is losable. Obviously, I just said I think they lose that app, so I, I, I think app is losable. At Miami, I think, is probably too much for them. I'm a little bit higher on Pitt than the market is. I think NC State's a loss, and I think Sam Hartman's going to be back by the time North Carolina rolls, rolls in, into Wake Forest. So. The timing of the Wake Forest game for me is tough. I'm not a real high on Notre Dame, but I think they could just be too physical for them. You guys know I hate Virginia right now. So I, it's about a half-win edge for me. I, I think the under is the shot here for me. Okay. Anybody else getting in on it? I'm not going to lock it up, but I would be on the under. All right. See, nothing's better 
than going head to head with somebody that went 12 and six in locks last year, you know, especially <laughs> when you're coming off a five and five performance. But you know this team better than I do, though. So it, it's it, this is your squad. I feel like uh, I don't like the fighting chip when it's when it's his team. The, the birthday party principle was born this day. Yes. Is it a little green lawnmower that like pop, pop, pops when, when they're walking with it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Without a doubt. Coming up on the other side, we continue to roll through our win totals locks. Next. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Quick review of the board. Michigan over nine and a half. Purdue under seven. Oklahoma State under eight and a half for Tom. Penn State over eight and a half. UNC over seven and a half. Oklahoma State under eight and a half for Chip. Danny's on Michigan over nine and a half. Oklahoma State over eight and a half. Texas under eight and a half. Bud's got Michigan over nine and a half. North Carolina under seven and a half. TCU over six and a half. And Texas under eight and a half. Uh, Danny, let's throw it back to you. You know, there's this giant elephant in the room because there's a team we haven't talked about that is a very trendy pick. I gave you, when we talked Texas, I said there was a you know t- a pair of teams that I wanted to talk out about together, and it was going to be the too much hype parlay. <laughs> I mean, I'm fired up for the Trojans, that they got Lincoln oh. Riley, that they got Jordan Addison, that they got Caleb Williams, that they got Travis Dye, they got all this talent. Oh, a ton of talent. They're going to put up a ton of points. You know what makes it kind of hard to score? When you can't get off the field on the defensive side of the ball. I think the team's going to be better. I think the long-run, uh, long-term outlook looks great with Lincoln Riley at the helm. There's a little bit too much hype around this team. I think they're 9-3 and three all day long. 9.5. There's some physical teams on there, too. Plus... This is going to be a weekly candidate for wouldn't it be hilarious if <laughs> and one of those is going to come through for our guy Chip. So give me the under USC nine and a half wins. Oh, man. Are you, are you getting oh, it? yeah. Lock agreement oh. all day. Wow. <laughs> all right. So I'm reading USCfootball.com. Ryan Abraham is the best in the business when it comes to reporting on USC. We've had him on the show. We had him on summer school. And I really believe in what USC did in the transfer portal. On the offensive side of the ball. But I'm reading this stuff, Chip. Practice reports, Corey Foreman not there for a personal uh, like personal thing. And then now it's an undisclosed injury. Shane Lee, the linebacker they took from Alabama, showing up with a big old knee brace. Guy that didn't move all that well anyway. I'm, I'm concerned about the defensive depth already. And I, I, I talked to a guy in the Pac-12 yesterday. I was like, this is not Utah, obviously, because the answer he gave me was about Utah. I was like, can you all win the league? And he's like, if Cam Rising gets hurt. Mm-hmm. He's like, so you you are coach of the Pac-12, and you think like Utah is the class of the Pac-12. He's like, yeah, yeah, I do. Also, I think Fresno could clip USC. That could be a total shootout. And if Fresno's on their game, they got UCLA last year. I'm at eight point nine, so give me the under. I'm not locking it up, but I'm I'm with you guys. I do think that we're a little too high on the Trojans going into the year. I know Chip Chip's got him going to win the national title. I'm pretty sure last I checked. So. 
No, I mean, listen, the, the wouldn't it be hilarious team of the year is Texas, but the vice president of the wouldn't it be hilarious like administration is without a doubt USC. So I'm, I, I love the, I love the way that you presented that there. And the entertainment value is not going to equal wins. So I, I, no argument here from me, but no lock from me either. Um, can I, can I just get a, a quick one out of the way and just yeah. see if where else we're going? Um, Arizona State under six. Sorry, Herm. I like. I, I think this might be the end. And if everyone thinks it might be the end, and you start to get to the back half of that season, and you've got some Pac-12 teams that need those wins in order to be bowl eligible, and you might have a roster that thinks that a coaching change is coming, or if a coaching change has already come, how motivated is that group going to be to extend their season beyond the end of November and try to lock up a bowl game? If this was five and a half obviously i would you know still probably like be on this position but at a round six i just don't see seven wins is going to be the case now the schedule sets up you know favorably so that if arizona state plays to its potential then winning seven games is not crazy but i think you have to take the coaching status and the future of that program and the potential job change into, into consideration and think that there might be a little bit of a motivation there might be a little bit of a an edge for the opposition when it comes time to late season games for Arizona State and the, the potential of going five and seven uh, might be something that Arizona State would actually welcome. So I'm not going to be like agreement with you here on this, but I'm certainly not against you. But I will encourage everybody to listen to the show throughout the offseason, because if, if you roll this back to April 28th, I think it was. I got to check. Uh, no, sorry. May 28th. I said, guys, I'm betting Arizona State under seven and a half minus 150 right now. That is a win and a half better than what you can get it now. I, the reason I'm not going to join you, Chip, even though I think you're on the correct side, is they do have a tissue paper soft mm -hmm. non-conference schedule. And I do think that the guys who are still on this roster will play hard for her. I mean, in a transfer portal era, if you don't like your coach, just transfer. So the dudes who are still there probably won't quit on him. I'm also concerned a little bit about their defensive injuries. They're already piling up. They lost a defensive end for the year. Probably not a huge loss, but attrition does seem to matter in this thing. But yeah, watch us throughout the offseason, guys. We, we drop his little nuggets. Listen, Bud might be scared, but I'm not. Lock agreement. Yeah. Here's the thing. like You mentioned that players are going to be bought in at the start. At least some of the ones that are there will be. But like Herm's on the hot seat. Lots of dudes have left via the portal players know what's going on and it's like maybe they rally around their coach and they play great but if you look at that first part of the schedule okay northern arizona you're gonna win you're going on the road to oklahoma state in week two could lose that one pretty easily then you're coming back home for eastern michigan so now you're two and one you're feeling pretty good conference play starts utah bang loss next week at usc bang loss the week after that home against washington bang loss this is a team that could be two and four heading into its bye and if there's ever a time where maybe a coach that's on the hot seat does get fired, although I don't think that's going to happen as long as the AD stays the same, then it could happen. But even if he doesn't get fired at two and four going into your bye, seems like it could be quitting time, boys. So I don't think that the second half of the season is going to be very good for the Sun Devils. I don't see them getting to this number or they can get to the number. I just don't see them getting past it more than anything. So I feel like I'm pushing it worst here. So I'm locking it up. Tom, can we get a, uh, a double agreement on the territorial cup rivalry? 
Oh, yeah. Under on Arizona State. I am going over for the best one-win team in America. We are going Arizona over two and a half because those Wildcats fight hard for Jed Fish. (laughs) When it comes to the end of the season and that rivalry game, that is where we're going to see this thing be able to cash. Uh, Arizona does not have a schedule that sets up well for Jed Fish to have a major jump or even to have a team that is going to flirt with a bowl game. However, they do have enough wins to be able to get three of them. So where I'm going under on Arizona State, I am tagging on top of that, uh, loving everything that we got. An Arizona team that continued to cover massive spreads as they continued to battle all the way through the season. I think there's a little bit of carry over there for Jed Fish. I'm going over two and a half for the Wildcats. Lock agreement, baby. They're getting three wins. best one win team in the country last year they were better than that one win now that said like this is one of the dumbest non-conference schedules i've ever seen if you're if you're arizona like starting at san diego state in its brand new stadium like christening that stadium mississippi state at home and then playing north dakota state because you thought that was a good idea hey you know what let's get an fcs program no, what is it? I'm sure North There's Dakota State's favorite. They're seven and a half point dogs at home to an yeah. FCS team. That's what I'm saying. It's like if you're putting an FCS team on the schedule, don't pick like the best one. Pick the one you're going to beat. That's the whole point of playing them. Here's a check. Take the loss. Go home. Not come please here. Take our money and then kick our ass. But if they win, I'm telling you. Oh, we if they win, Pac-12 champs. Yeah. Yeah, that 100%. You, you get, if Arizona beats North Dakota State, then we get to declare Arizona the best FCS team in America. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's, <laughs> what, that's actually the way it works. Okay, uh, let's see. Here's what we got. Five on the board for Tom, five on the board for Chip. Danny, you got four on the board. Uh, where do you want to go? All right, I'm going to go back out to the Pac-12. I'm going to go to a team that for whatever reason, Every single year, we just kind of just let them fall by. Like, we just don't talk a lot about them. Just kind of flying under the radar. I think last year I called them the Pac-12's version of Wisconsin. Kyle Whittingham is one of the most underrated, disrespected coaches in the country. The Utah Utes are going to easily go over the nine-win total. I think this is one of those. I think this is one of those safe, like floor bets. That you say, all right, the total's nine. Give me the over. Like, worst case scenario is nine and three for the Utes. They are physical. They are better at quarterback. Cam Rising, we saw what happened with him when he came in there. And I know they lost some incredible defensive talent. But what do we see every single year out of Utah? We see a front seven. Everybody's like, man, that's one of the best defensive front sevens of the country. Look at all these do. They're very physical. This is a physical team. That is built to win. We saw what the offense can do when they do have to open it up like they did in the Rose Bowl. Give me the Utes to go over nine wins. I I can't jump. Oh, go ahead, bud. No, no, go ahead, Tom. I was going to say, I can't jump on there with you. I do think that the total is kind of low, but I also understand it because of the schedule that includes, you know, Florida on the road to start, not at a neutral site, just straight up at at, uh, Ben Hill Griffin. Yeah, in the swamp. Yeah, so then you've got... Oregon on the road later. It's just, it's, it's a tough schedule. And I think that it's funny. I would rather bet Utah to win the Pac 12 than Utah to 
go over on this win total if that makes any sense because i think there's just better value on it but you also mentioned like the players they lose on defense the one thing i think works in your favor is like devin lloyd is a phenomenal player if i sewell was a very good player those are two very good linebackers that they're losing but when i look at a defense it's the same way i look at the running backs in the offense if i'm going to lose a production or my, one of my best players i would rather lose it at the linebacker spot than mm -hmm. in my defensive line and in my secondary and most of that secondary is back and that defensive line is still going to be pretty tough so i don't think the drop off is going to be huge on the defensive side at all this is sort of my louisville principle if we go back to the acc preview that we talked about right I was like, I want to bet Louisville over their win total, but I would rather lay the two, two and a half. I think it's now three or three or four points at Syracuse because if they lose that opening game, I'm probably not going to go over the win total. I'm just going to have to sit there with that in my account for the entire year and wait for it to lose, you know, come Christmas. I'd rather cash. The same principle here applies, I think, with Utah going to Florida. I would rather lay under a field goal with this physical Utah team against Florida, which I have some questions about their front seven and physicality. Uh, then I would take their over because I'm fairly certain Cam Rising is going to be healthy in that opening game. And I think that's a bigger edge than the, 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 you know, the nine win total here. So I'm not going to bet it for that reason, but obviously I'm not going to go under on a Kyle Whittingham team. They're going to go to Gainesville. Gainesville's trying to figure out who's paying for the collectives. I mean, they, they got problems. You <laughs> oh, I think they got that figured out now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, la la last month, uh, checks are cleared. All right. Dan, all of a sudden, jumping ship right now. <laughs> Man. All right, Tom. I had the Gators considered to a – I was – I had them as a potential lock play, and Gator Danny was going to come back out. But the game, the deciding game was going to be the last game of the year, so I just could not take it. Ah, all right. Tom, where do you want to go? All right, well, Gator Dan brought it up, so I'm going to go to Florida. I'm going to go to the ACC. And I'm going to take the under on Florida State at seven and a half. Sorry, boys. I just don't see it. It's I, I look at the schedule, LSU in New Orleans. I have, again, I don't know what LSU is, but that's going to be really tough for Florida State. At Louisville on the road, open ACC play is going to be tough. I'm high on Louisville. You've got NC State on the road. You've got Miami on the road. You've got the season finale against Florida, uh, at home at least, but still Florida, by I think by the end of the season, could be pretty decent. Uh, Clemson. That's probably not going to be a win. I just, I have not seen enough from the Seminoles in recent years to just want to bet on them winning eight games. It's like, I like a lot of what they've done. I think they have some very good players. I think that they are probably heading in the right direction, but I still think that there's, you know, a lot of direction left to go. So I am taking the under seven and a half on the Knolls. What do you do if the number seven? Is it been moved to seven? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe the latest is so that's I, oh, I found man. like well, I'm, I'd like I'm still gonna take it. I've already given my explanation. I got it at seven and a half, but um yeah, no, I'm still on seven. I'm I'm a man of my convictions. Wow. Yeah. I feel like I'm pushing here. Disrespectful. I, I would bet under seven and a half all day. Uh under seven, I'm not I'm not betting that. Uh FSU schedule wise, the one thing I think you need to pay attention to here in the ACC, when do you get wake? We know Sam Hartman is going to be out for an undetermined amount of time, but just common sense says he's more likely to miss early games than he is late games. FSU gets Wake October 1st. So I think if you're playing the odds, the, the, the chance that they play Wake without Sam Hartman is much better than maybe a team that plays them on Thanksgiving. So I, I did boost FSU in that game, so I'm not going to take under seven. I would definitely take under seven and a half, given that they've already lost their starting center for the year and you know have a bunch of other injuries as well right now in camp all right i'm no no uh no play for me uh 
Danny. All right. Let's stay uh, in the ACC while we're there. There's the too much hype plays, and then there's not enough hype plays. Who who has been in the playoffs? Like, we have these teams that are always in the playoffs, right? And it's Ohio State, it's Georgia, it's Alabama, Oklahoma, and Clemson. Clemson is one of those teams that typically makes an appearance in the playoff. Whether they win or lose is beside the point. They are constantly in the conversation. They're coming off their worst season yet. Uh, with Dabo C in recent memory, not worst season yet, but worst season in a long time. People are talking about the downfall, the demise of Clemson. What does Dabo do? Both coordinators gone. How is this could be the end of the dynasty that's there? Do we forget what happened last year with, I mean, it was the worst quarterback play in the ACC. It might've been the worst, but like one of the worst quarterback jobs in, in the country. Like it was bad with DJ Uyungle. One of two things is going to happen. They're going to get better. From, they're going to get better play from DJ, or he's going to get benched, and they're going to get better play from Cade Klubnik. Clemson does not have that massive non-conference game. Like, they've had Georgia in the past. They've had some SEC opponent to start off the season. They have a waltz through their non-conference schedule. Furman, Louisiana Tech, um, it's a cakewalk. This team, to me is one of those teams. I, I like them to make the playoff as well because I think at 11 and one, they do. I think this team is going over the 10 and a half. The South, they're still the cream of the crop. Their defense is going to be better too. The South Carolina disrespect coming out of Daniel's mouth. A lot. That, what was the score last year with that awful quarterback play? <laughs> um, exactly. So you've got Notre Dame and you've got Miami. No, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm not locking it up, but I'm with you on that one. I think, I think Clemson's a, the Clemson's a good play. You got a Clemson play? I, I'm, I'm slightly under on them, Ooh. Uh, but not enough to fight. I, I think they'll have a dominant defensive line. Obviously, got to think quarterback play is better just because they have two options now. But uh, some of these receiver injuries in camp, Chip, they're they're scaring me a little bit, dude. They they're having a lot of guys just get nicked or go down, and Sostelato's out for the year yeah. now. Bo Collins lingering issue. And Williams not practicing yet. I'm I'm a little concerned about Joseph Nagata. Listen, uh, Anna Adams does a terrific job for you know delivering the practice reports. Jo- Joseph Nagata's had a good camp, yeah. which is like for somebody that you've been waiting to be a star after you know he came in and everyone thought he was going to be next in line. Uh, that is certainly significant. Okay, Clemson's going to beat NC State. Maybe one of Louisville, North Carolina is going to beat NC State, but Florida State. That game's in Raleigh. Virginia Tech, that game's in Raleigh. Wake Forest, which wins in Winston-Salem and loses in Raleigh. That game's in Raleigh. And Boston College, which has been a house of horrors for the NC State Wolfpack, that game is in Raleigh. The NC State win total at the Caesar Sportsbook is 8.5, and, and this is a team that could go 10-2. and two. I'm all over. Listen, the coin flip games that are out there, you're going to be able to win coin flip games. God, man, I'm just... Repeating myself too much. I'm so glad that we get these takes out now so we can just put them away and be able to just talk about, you know, individual games. But when you've got a top 10 defense and a quarterback that does not turn the ball over, is good on third down and good in the red zone, that is how you win coin flip games. So I like NC State as a nine-win team for sure, a 10-win team maybe, and at a win total of eight and a half, I'm going over. So I hate some of the stuff they do on offense, man. It, yeah. It's it's let's throw the ball to the backs. It's really inefficient. Let's do it a ton, right? And and let's just do silly stuff, punt opponent territory. But there's so much I like about what NC State does. 
they have a really good weight room. North Carolina wishes they had NC State's strength program because those dudes are yokes, right? And they yeah. are too physical for a lot of the teams on this schedule. Chip, lock agreement. Hit that button. Woo! You <laughs> can be a physical football team that doesn't turn the ball over like Devin Leary doesn't. And they may screw around. I hate what they do offensively. And they're like, Devin Leary, save us. And he's like, I got you, fam. So every time he seems to get it, I think that they're way too physical for Syracuse on the road. I think they're probably too physical for North Carolina. Remember, Boston College lost Christian Mahogany, the best guard in the ACC, to a basketball injury, I think it was. So now BC returns 0-5. I'm not buying into this East Carolina hype at all. Maybe maybe a preview for what I got coming up next. I don't, that opening game doesn't scare me. Texas Tech will see, I think, a pretty good chance to go 4-0 in the non-con and can get five wins in the ACC. Cutting room floor. Wait, oh, we're in. I'm locking it up. Latifa! This was last year. I think this was one we were all over, and it was one of the best plays we had last year. I'm going to the well once again. I think Dave Dorn, similar to Kyle Whittingham, one of the more underappreciated coaches uh, in the country, just doesn't get enough credit because he doesn't show a lot of personality out there with the media. But he's built a winner. They are physical up front. I think they're going to be 4-0. I think they'll probably have maybe your college game days there on site. I'm trying to think what weekend that is. I mean, that'll be a, a game that will be much hype, but I think they lose that one. But you guys know how I feel about Devin Larry. I think he's the best quarterback in the ACC. I trust the quarterback. The schedule, I think, is very friendly. I think 9-3 and three is like the worst-case scenario for this team. I, I, I trust, the, trust the Wolfpack. D'Antonio Burnett, the strength coach. Coach Thunder. He's a yeah. ACC linebacker. He's, uh, he's built, built some monsters out there, and the NFL draft record shows it as well. Um, all right, almost, so, Bud, let's, uh, let's throw it back to you. All right, let's, uh, are we going sicko mode yet? Let's, let's, let's stick with Power 5 teams here real fast. Who do I have up next? We already did USC. Uh, all right, I'm going to stick in the ACC. One more. This is a team that lost all five of its starting offensive linemen. It lost its very creative offensive coaching staff, who is now at Syracuse. And it's a team that took a, a transfer from the FCS. It was a really good offensive tackle transfer. That kid transferred back to Georgetown. This team is Virginia. Now, I already bet this at seven and a half. I still like it under at seven. I think Brennan Armstrong, who I really think is a great player, and they have nice skill, is going to be running for his life all day. That's a real problem for me when you lose all five offensive linemen. and then. Because it's a place like Virginia, credits don't transfer. So it's hard to get kids in. Kids can get out, but academically, Stanford has kind of the same issue. Georgia Tech, a similar issue, right? So that scares me a little bit, Chip, that they don't have guys up front, I think, who can block. And so I, I think there is some chance Virginia misses the bowl. Obviously, I don't love seven quite as much as I love seven and a half. But there's a lot of games that come into play when you are giving up this much pressure, which I think they will. Anybody else in on year one, Tony Elliott under? I'm hoping he's right because Illinois is playing Virginia. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. And as long as they match and have uniforms that are the perfect hue of orange and blue, then mm -hmm. uh, that will be all good. Listen, Jordan is here and he is going to be so, so upset when I lay out this next one. Jordan, I am so sorry. Thank you for everything that you do for this program and you, are, you keep the chat going. But Tennessee's going under eight, okay? What, excuse me, 
They ain't going nine and three. That is my strongest opinion on Tennessee. And that is why I'm locking up the under eight is because <laughs> they ain't going nine and three. I'm sorry, Jordan. I'm sorry, Pete Helms. All the Vols fans in the chat, they ain't going nine and three. Look, Georgia, Alabama at LSU. Like those are games, and I, I believe that look ahead lines might have Tennessee favored in Baton Rouge. And we kind of already said in the SEC West or SEC East winter, like that's that ain't right. So I've already got three right there that I'm chalking up as L's. And then at Pitt, Florida, and Kentucky, those are not easy wins. Tennessee ain't going nine and three. They have so much offensive firepower. Love Hendon Hooker, love Cedric Tillman. Think they will continue to score a lot of points. Think Josh Heupel is doing. Uh, a good job of being able to lead this program into the next era. They've got so much passion. You know, they're, they're doing all the things you need to do to bring in talent to Tennessee. And I do think that that is uh, it's something that is good moving forward. But Georgia, Alabama at LSU, at Pitt, Florida, Kentucky, Tennessee ain't going nine and three. So I'm locking up the under eight. I'm with you. I'm not locking it up, but I am with you. I'm not with you, but I'm not against you. <laughs> I'm, I'm more aligned with Danny. I'm waiting for Jordan to storm the studio, honestly. <laughs> I, I know. I'm like, I'm, I, if this, if this is my last cover three podcast. You know how, so you know how Tennessee out. fans get when, you know, things go against them. They just start all throwing all stuff. All the bottles are going to come out as soon as I get into the hallway. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's a quick review of the card so far. Tom is on the Michigan over nine and a half. Oklahoma State under eight and a half. Purdue under seven. Arizona State under six, Arizona over two and a half, Florida State under seven. Chips got Penn State over eight and a half, Oklahoma State under eight and a half, over eight and a half, Oklahoma State under eight and a half, North Carolina over seven and a half, Arizona State under six, Arizona over two and a half, NC State over eight and a half, Tennessee under eight. Danny has Michigan over nine and a half, Oklahoma State over eight and a half, Utah over nine, Texas under eight and a half, USC under nine and a half. NC State over eight and a half, Clemson over ten and a half. Bud has Michigan over nine and a half, TCU over six and a half, North Carolina under seven and a half, Texas under eight and a half, USC under nine and a half, NC State over eight and a half, and Virginia under seven. Uh, Tom, back to you. I'll stick in the SEC. I have a feeling I'm going to be all alone here, uh, but this is just this is something I feel in my gut, and I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to trust it. Auburn over six. Doing our time on when we were doing the SEC shows, I, I like I, I understand like the rest of you guys aren't nearly as high on this as I am, but I just think that what happened last year, obviously with everything that went down with Harson and all just the disconnect off the field, it's overshadowing a little too much. I think of how good the team actually is. Like, I don't think they are going to compete to win the sec West. I don't even think they're one of the three or four best teams in the sec West, but I look at their non-con schedule, Mercer, San Jose state and Western Kentucky are all wins. I think Penn state at home is a game that they will be favored in and they win slightly more often than not. And when you get into the, so that's, you know, possibly four and most, three and one coming out of non-con you get into sec play missouri at home i don't really have the highest of expectations for mizzou this year i think auburn can win that lsu at home more winnable than i think most people think georgia and ole miss on the road you're going to lose both of those heading into your bye but then you get that bye and you come home to face an arkansas team that i think auburn can beat 
I think that, you know, so this is, I think this is a team that's probably going to surprise some people and get to a bowl game. Like I said, on the locks pod, when we did the sec, I think Zach Calzada is a good fit for what Brian Harson offenses typically do. There have been reports since then that TJ Finley is, you know, playing well and could be winning that starting job too. But I don't take that as bad news. If TJ Finley's playing well enough to get the starting job, that's a good thing to me. I think defensively, up front, they're still one of the most talented teams in that conference. I think they can make a lot of noise there. I think this is a team that's going six and six, could get to seven and five pretty often. Probably not getting to eight and four, but seven and five, six and six is the sweet spot for me. So I feel like I'm pushing it worst here. I've already bet the under on this, but uh, at six and a half, six, I think is a much tougher number to bet here because of, of how the schedule plays out. I also have three plays coming up who are all overs and they're all teams that play Auburn. So for that reason, I feel like they're a little bit related and my numbers hate Auburn. I have major concerns about their offensive line depth. I think they have a really good starting offensive line if everybody's healthy, which I'm not sure they are. Uh, but if they are and they all stay healthy, I think that's awesome. I'm not sure the four of us can combine name four Auburn receivers, which they probably have the worst receiving core in the SEC outside of Vandy. But I still think they can kind of Auburn their way to six wins. So for me, it's a, a no play. Okay. Uh, you want to go ahead and, and start to get at least uh, one or two of those? Yeah. Let's take the Alpha Nerd, Missouri, Woo. over five. Mm. Nah. I think they could score some points. I like their receiving core. Uh, I do not have a great feel for how teams two through five will shake out in the East. Now, I did at Caesars. This is why you got to listen to us all offseason. We bet South Carolina over five and a half. That number is now six and a half, so I don't want that as much. But one of South Carolina, Kentucky, or Tennessee will lose to Missouri, I, I think, right? One of those teams is going to be worse than we think. I don't really know which one it is. I kind of have a suspicion it's Kentucky, but not enough to bet it. I think Missouri is competently coached. At five, I do, if they stay healthy, feel this is sort of push it worst. And I, I like the over here. You've got a, is it five and a halfs cash more often than not? You've got like a, a yeah. bet to six principle. Does five count for that? Yeah, so there is sort of a bet it back to the middle principle in, in, in college football. A lot of people have talked about this. I think Lockie's talked about this. Uh, obviously, you know, we've been on the show before. Um, I think it does factor in, right? You are trying to make a, a bowl. Uh, that final game, Arkansas, and you get New Mexico State before it, I, I, I could see them winning that game. All right, I've got one left. What about everybody else? I have three. One, maybe two. Eight. But they're all, they're all, <laughs> if you're not discussing, just fire. All right, let's go. It's time for sicko mode. Let's go. Bow, 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 bow. We, we, we need like a, uh, we, we need a sounder yeah. for sicko mode this we'll year. All right, Toledo over eight. It's very tough for me to trust this team that perennially underachieves, but in looking at the Mac, this is the one play that I really want to hit. I feel like um, I just think they can get 10 wins and I'm, I'm over a win over this. Okay. So even regressing my numbers to the market a little bit, and I don't fully trust Jason Candle, over eight for me with Toledo. Air Force, over eight and a half. Oh, they're good. This could be a really good Air Force team. This team could win the Mountain West. Uh, I actually like them at their conference win total over even more, but we're obviously doing a little. That's kind of like sicko mode of a sicko mode. Here's a team that quit last year, and I think you really need to factor in a motivational edge for them. I'm taking Troy. Over five and a half. I think Troy goes bowling. I actually think seven is more likely than five. So, again, uh, yeah, I think Troy's going to have a nasty defense. I think they will be improved on offense, especially if they stay healthy. I'm a little bit lower on some of the teams in the bottom of, of, the, uh, of the Sun Belt, as we'll see. So, give me Troy over five and a half. Mountain West again. 
San Jose State over six. San Jose State, if they catch them on the right day, could beat Auburn. They have a couple guys on that defensive line who will play in the league, I think. They're going to have better quarterback play just due to lack of injury this year. I trust Coach Brennan pretty well. I'm, I'm thinking San Jose State here is a nice shot. Let's see what else here. SMU over, <laughs> SMU over six and a half. I think they will score enough yeah. points and there are enough offenses in the American that are just not all that competent. I have about a win edge here, so I have to bet it, even if I don't love this team. I will say, under the radar transfer portal work, I think the Mustangs have done a nice job. They're okay. not a bunch of flashy guys, but like dudes who were quality players at their prior stop who are now in Dallas. So SMU over six and a half. Now this one I've bet at several different numbers. And I acknowledge that I did may just be way too low on this. But Nevada under four and a half. Oh, it's I'm at sorry. four and a half now? It's at four and a half now. We, we bet it at, I think, six, five and a half, five. Now it's at four and a half. I'm still betting it under. I think this team wins two games. Um, they were already the least experienced team in the country because Norvell took everybody worth the damn off that roster except for Don Peterson within the Colorado State. And two other guys also didn't go with him. Unfortunately for the Wolfpack, both got hurt in preseason camp and are out for the year. And if you're reading that article from Nevada Sports Report, I scrolled down. One of their defensive ends who might have started also failed out of school. <laughs> like this team is breaking my formula for for returning production. I, I don't like. They could be, if things go wrong, they could be like UMass UConn bad. Wow. And I don't know if some if some of the factors out there are accounting for all that. Uh, Arkansas State under five. There's some five and a halfs out there, but under five is still a play for me. I think that there is a clear delineation with ULM and Arkansas State in the Sun Belt West mm -hmm. and then everybody else. I, I, they really lost a ton. Some of the transfers they thought they were getting in did not get into school. That concerns me. Uh, or they've already left school. Last one here, FAU under six and a half. Okay. I don't trust the constant turnover of coordinators there. Just, I could see six. I don't see seven. I Sick would up. actually like to get on that one, but I think I might be calling one of their games, so I will abstain. <laughs> Danny go. in the booth rooting for the loss. Come on. <laughs> I, got a, I got a lock on this. Uh, Tom. Uh, all right. I will go with uh, – I've got three left. I'll go kind of rapid fire here as well. UMass, under two and a half. Just mm. – not very high on the Minutemen going into this year. I think they will once again be competing for a bottom 25 championship. Go Minutemen. Good luck, Don Brown. Another one going to the MAC, a local team, a team that I think far exceeded its performance last year as far as the win total and is likely due to come back crashing to earth. Give me Northern Illinois under seven and a half. And then finally, uh, duh, Illinois over four and a half. Lock it yeah. up. Yeah. Illini are going bowling this year, let alone just getting five wins. So I L L. There is a team that is going to cash its win total by the end of September. Lock it up. You doing it? Lock it up. Oh, okay. Of course I'm doing it. The team that is going to cash its win total by the end of September is the team that's going to have three non-conference wins by the end of September. We are going over. Two and a half with the Vanderbilt Commodores. Danny, you in with me? I'm in. Okay. It's going to start at Hawaii. You are going to beat Northern Illinois. Wake is going to be tough, but when are they playing Wake? Early. Early. No Who's Sam playing Martin quarterback? Game. Come on. 
This is, listen, Vanderbilt is going to get to three wins in the non-con. SEC play is going to be really, 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 really tough. They draw Alabama in the Tyler Steen revenge game. But they can get three wins in non-conference play. Give me the Commodores over two and a half. You know what? Play Latifah. Let's go. I'm the one who told you originally they were going to hit it by the end of September. So how am I not going to include it on my card? Yeah. Come on. Uh, all right. Now I am tapped out. I got one more. Danny. Uh, does anybody know who has the most national championships outside of Nick Saban in college football? Dabo Sweeney. Nope. Oh. Nope. Somebody else has six yeah, national championships and has not ever talked about it. They might have happened at Wisconsin Whitewater, but they're still championships in my book. Lance Leipold. This is, this is a bet on one man. Last year, we saw Kansas beat Texas. We saw them hang with Oklahoma where they're opening up the gate saying, come back, please come to the stadium. We need fans in our stadium. And yet, with even without the fan support, the team still fought hard. If you looked at the lack, the back end of their schedule last year, they had the Texas win in overtime. They played TCU on the road to a three-point loss, and they played West Virginia to a one-possession game. This team put effort out on the field. They may not have the four- and five-star talent, but they are building a culture. Lance Leipold has won everywhere he's been. When he was at Buffalo, I think that's – no one wanted this job. No one wanted this job. It's a horrible job. It's all, yeah, all this damage control around it. Lance Leipold said, this is what I do. I turn programs around. You're going to see the fruits of that labor this year. Give me over Kansas two and a half wins. Love it. I mean, different team at the end of the season than they were at the beginning of the season. That is for sure. They, I took the under on them last year and they stuck it to me. So I can't, you know, I'm not going to lock it up, but I understand it. Um, all right. Do you, are you good? I'm, I'm, I'm out. We're all tapped out. Everybody good. I'm good. Any last ones? I'm going undefeated. Okay. That's a lock. So, one last recap. Tom has Michigan over nine and a half, Oklahoma State under eight and a half, Purdue under seven, Arizona State under six, Arizona over two and a half, Florida State under seven, Auburn over six, Vanderbilt over two and a half, UMass under two and a half, Northern Illinois under seven and a half, Illinois over four and a half. I've got Penn State over eight and a half, Oklahoma State under eight and a half, Penn State over eight and a half, Oklahoma State under eight and a half, North Carolina over seven and a half, Arizona State under six, Arizona over two and a half, NC State over eight and a half, Tennessee under eight, Vanderbilt over two and a half. Danny has Michigan over nine and a half, Oklahoma State over eight and a half, Utah over nine, Texas under eight and a half, USC under nine and a half, NC State over eight and a half. Clemson over 10 and a half, Vanderbilt over two and a half, Kansas over two and a half. Bud has Michigan over nine and a half, TCU over six and a half, North Carolina under seven and a half, Texas under eight and a half, USC under nine and a half, NC State over eight and a half, Virginia under seven, Missouri over five, Toledo over eight, Air Force over eight and a half, Troy over five and a half, San Jose State over six, SMU over six and a half, Nevada under four and a half, Arkansas State under five, FAU under six and a half. We've got UNITY with Michigan over nine and a half, NC State over eight and a half, 
Vanderbilt over two and a half. We have lock agreements with the Oklahoma State under eight and a half, Arizona State under six, Arizona over two and a half, Texas under eight and a half, USC under nine and a half. And our lock fights are Oklahoma State uh, at eight and a half and North Carolina at seven and a half. Let's go. The season is going to be here soon. Thanks to all of you uh, who rock with us and all of you who are, whether you're jumping on now or whether you've been on throughout the entire off season, uh, the time is now. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Danny Fernelli. You can follow him at Bud Elliott 3. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you.